it wouldn't behoove us to start right at three o'clock, <laughs> just as we do every day here on the South Side Beat. A good afternoon, everybody. This is, of course, that program, the South Side Beat, which streams live every Monday through Friday, three to three thirty-ish Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is Chris Halleck. I am Corey Christen. Uh, Brent, Brent's right. Only seven likes. Let's hit that. Let's hit the like button. Let's hit like, subscribe. In order to get the Tony Romo impression on Friday, we're 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 still far away from that ten thousand page views between Monday's show to Thursday's show. So, Chris, we, uh, Chris did put the wager out there yesterday. Uh, because, I don't know, Jim. I don't know if they're gonna be able to get it, Jim. Because on Friday, I will in all likelihood not be doing this show as I will be on the road yeah. to uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina, for pit football. So, Chris uh, has a wager on the line that if this program gets enough likes between now and thursday then and you could do that with monday's episode retroactively views Views, excuse me you're correct views Views. retroactively to monday then he will do the whole friday show in a tony romo impression Uh, so stay tuned for that um and do your part and do your part by the way uh Um, tell a friend to tell a friend um (laughs) we have to get into it right away yeah uh chris and jerry brings it right to the table we just might, uh, we just might. Broderick Jones and Joey P play more. We might need another word or two into that sentence there, Jerry. But let's let's go right into it, okay? Mike Tomlin, Tomlin Tuesday. Chris, we have a lot to talk about from this press conference, and quite honestly, probably more than what was actually said there. It was twenty-two <laughs> minutes of nothing. It was twenty-two <laughs> minutes of yeah, we looked at some things, but we'll see. It was twenty-two minutes of eh, the Jordan shoulder shrug. That's what it was. And the big news of the day, the big news of yesterday that will continue into today, that will continue into Wednesday and and through Friday, really, is Dan Moore versus Broderick Jones. And basically, I'll paraphrase everything Mike Tomlin said. If Dan Moore is healthy, he's going to start at left tackle on Sunday against the Rams. Yeah. Now, Mark brings up here, and and he he did later clarify, he says, Dan Moore less than 100% over Broderick Jones. Is this loyal to a fault? Now, Title of the episode, Tomlin's Big If. I mean, it is a big – I mean, he said it's a big if of whether it's actually going to be Dan Moore over Broderick Jones. There's obviously different variables that have to come into play here. But the fact of the matter is that the Steelers' latest depth chart has Dan Moore still listed ahead of Broderick Jones. Not totally surprising, not completely surprising. Um, I don't I, I don't anticipate Mike Tomlin to be the type of guy where it's like Broderick Jones makes one start because of an injury. And then the very next step chart that comes out, he's he's now the starter. Like that just that doesn't scream Mike Tomlin to me. Sure. But but still, it's still the topic of debate. Did Broderick Jones show enough? I mean, guys lose their jobs to injuries all the time. I mean, it just it it happens. Uh it's it's not fair, but you also have to take performance into account because Dan Moore just hasn't been there. Uh, Trevor, that was the word of the day. Boom. That was. That was the word of the day. I counted six, maybe seven if I missed one. So if, you're, uh, if you were taking shots at every time Behoove was said, you're you're on the floor right now. Uh, you'll be listening to this on playback. Um, I'm going to paraphrase what Mike Tomlin said about the idea of Dan Moore versus Broderick Jones starting at left tackle. And again, basically, it's contingent on Moore's health. Moore, of course, sprained his knee in the, in the Texans game a few weeks ago. Um, MCL sprain, it's not severe, obviously, or else he would not have come back to practice with the first teamers on Monday. And basically, Tomlin said he's going to show his progress over the course of the week. 
Um, and we'll make the decision on who's starting at left tackle. And he used the phrase at the appropriate time. So AKA Friday, like, or Saturday, you know, this could be a case where more is listed as questionable or more is listed as probable or whatever the designation has to be. Um, we'll see how much practice time more actually gets this week, obviously with the team issued injury report, but here we go. I mean, this is this is Mike Tomlin going back to Mike Tomlin philosophy. And I think that's the bigger issue at stake here, Chris. Yeah. Is this is what Mike Tomlin does. He finds these players, and granted, I know in today's NFL, when you draft a player 14th overall, you play him. When you draft a kid 32nd overall, you play him. You start them more often than not. But this is nothing new to what Mike Tomlin has done in his tenure as the Steelers head coach. Yeah, especially more recently because we have seen players – we were talking about it before before we went live. We've seen him throw rookies out there pretty quickly, and it's burned them. And I'm absolutely intending pun there about Artie Burns. Uh, It has burned him before, and so – um, maybe that's the reason why he just, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have those guys go out and, you know, a small sample size looks really good. And then all of a sudden, okay, it's your job now. And then what happens the first time they hit adversity? What happens the first time that they turn in a stinker of a game? You know, how do they bounce back? You know, Tomlin looks at those things too. How do they bounce back after a bad rep in practice? Uh, if, if you don't, if they don't bounce back, you know, very well after a bad rep in practice, he's like, well, if you can't even do that, then how the heck are you going to bounce back from a poor performance in a game? So there are a lot of little minute details that go into this kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to defend Tomlin's answer. I'm just trying to provide some, some depth and some insight into maybe why those decisions are being made. Not saying that I necessarily agree with them, but maybe some of the reasons that go into it because I saw somebody bring up a, bring up something. Um, I'm going to try to find it real quick. Something about how Mike Tomlin is a, is a, you know, might be a good leader of men, but he's not a very good coach right now or something along those lines. Um, the, the coaching part of it, you know, it, it's, there's so many different things that go into being a coach and it's little details like that and paying attention to what, and, and, it's just one of those things where you have to take our take our word for it. If you've ever watched Mike Tomlin run a practice, you never ever get the sense that he's a bad football coach. Ever. No. Dude knows how to coach. He no. absolutely knows how to coach. He knows how to it's just something that you see, you know. And even what you see at training camp is kind of a main mainstream version of what actually goes on on the south side whenever practice is not open to the public. So I'm going to echo part of what DK said in his daily shot of Steelers today. And if you haven't listened to that yet, please do. I had it on my way home uh, from the South side today, which traffic was abysmal today. Goodness. Um, And, and TLDR. And and again, I encourage you to listen to the whole episode. Mike Tomlin is amazing at going from Sunday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. If he has to prepare for the Los Angeles Rams, he could flip the switch like that. And then he has to prepare for the next opponent. He flips the switch like that. He keeps this team lasered in, focused, determined, prepared for week-to-week combat. There is no questioning that. And and quite frankly, I don't know how many in the NFL are better than Mike Tomlin at doing that. But, But this is more than just about the Los Angeles Rams. This is long-term sustainable success right this is Mm -hmm. the difference 
between postseason and missing it by one game. This could be the difference between 10 and seven or 11 and six. Now, again, I'm going to echo a little bit of what DK says. Broderick Jones alone, Joey Porter Jr. alone are not going to give the Steelers the victory on Sunday. That's just not how that works. No. But you have to consider the ramifications of this action, not just now, but going forward. If Broderick Jones went out, okay, let's just say last weekend against the Ravens, Broderick Jones went out and was a turnstile. And Jadeveon Clowney sat Kenny Pickett twice. And Jadeveon Clowney pressured Kenny Pickett four extra times and all this other kind of stuff, right? Then the conversation would be easy to say, well, he needs more time. He needs to sit back and learn a little bit more. He's not ready yet. But that's not what happened. All of this stuff that led to Broderick Jones getting traded up for in the draft, by the way, developed in training camp. Yes, more beat him out, but he had the opportunity to play. And Mike Tomlin used the word opportunity quite a bit today when mm-hmm. talking about these rookies and specifically about Broderick Jones And if you want to extend this into Joey Porter Jr., which we've done for weeks by this point, Broderick had an opportunity in stadium, in game, the, as Mike Tomlin said today, in helmet experience. And he aced the test. He aced the test against the division rival, against the three-time pro bowler in Clowney. So the fact that that result is what came to the field last Sunday makes this decision even more puzzling. Now, there's always going to be mistakes made on the football field. Patrick Peterson's a Hall of Famer. He's getting burnt like toast this year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he's a bad football player, but it also doesn't mean that he should, by default, play ahead of Joey Porter Jr. You could make the same exact case for Dan Moore, even though Moore, you know, not a Hall of Famer, not a 13-year vet, all of that. Yes, he won the job out of training camp, but sometimes he gets beat midseason. You can have open competition into the midseason, and Mike Tomlin has to learn to kind of conform to that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it really is one of those situations where you kind of hope that maybe at some point, you know, just I, I don't know. I, I wish I had an explanation for it. Like, I, I really did, because, you know, it's it's easy for for us, like, you know, for those of us who have covered the team and those who are fans of the team to to criticize um, and Mike Tomlin is not going to be perfect. I mean, and that should never be expected of him. He's going to make mistakes uh, both in game with, with game management and then also with roster decisions and, and personnel decisions. Um, But in this case, just because of everything has not only have they checked every box so far and specifically talking about Broderick and, and Joey, not only have they checked every box so far, but they've passed every single test with flying colors so far. Yeah. And it's, and you just, you would like to see a little bit more commitment to that because is Dan Moore your future at left tackle? Uh, so- they answered that question in April. Yeah. They answered the question in April. Not only yeah. did they draft another left tackle, but they traded up to get the guy. Yeah. And so that that's, that's the point is that you've obviously made the decision to do something else to, to, to fortify your future at that position. If he is showing that he's ready now, I'm sorry if, if, if it's about hurting somebody's feelings, which I don't think it is, but if it's about that at all, like you got to be able to put that aside and just put the guy in who's ready to play. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't think that's what it is because I've never seen anything that resembles Mike Tomlin being afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. Right, Robert, I'm going to respectfully disagree with the second point of your comment here. Robert says, Mike Tomlin's not a good coach, just like Canada. They walked in the right time. Sorry for saying that. I'm going to vehemently disagree yeah. with the last part of that. Yeah. The Steelers did not walk into Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, at the time, you have to consider the time, and I know it was a long time ago, Mike Tomlin earned the right to become an NFL head coach at the time. He was a very successful defensive backs coach. He was very successful with the Minnesota Vikings and running that defense with a lot of stars on it. Mike Tomlin earned the right to be a head coach back then. And, oh, by the way, let's not lose the sight that he won a freaking Super Bowl for this franchise. So, look, I understand that in, in recent memory, there's some shortcomings, there's some failures, there's, you know, they should have won a title with the Killer Bees. We can all say that. They yep. should have won a title with Shazier in the lineup. We, we could say that. There should have been another Super Bowl on the, on the table. I completely understand that and agree with that. But I'm not going to let revisionist history w- wipe away the fact that back for the time when the Steelers were shopping for a coach after Bill Cowher left, Mike Tomlin was the right answer. And he, and he was the right answer for quite some time. Yeah, and and here and here's another thing to consider. And and again, this isn't like oh, I'm sitting here with my sign holding up that Mike Tomlin should be the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for for life, pretty much. But there have been what multiple seasons now, including last season, where this team was down and out, and mainly because Mike Tomlin was able to rally his players, they came back and had. I mean, moderately successful seasons. And now obviously last year I'm using moderate success with very, very, very loosely nine and eight and missing the playoffs is not a successful season, but based off, but based off of a two and six start nine and eight is a heck of a season, especially when you consider that the offense was insanely young with a bad offensive coordinator, uh, pulling nine and eight out of your rear end is is a pretty dang good coaching job. It just is. Uh, I, I mean, as somebody who covered that team every single day, was in the locker room every single day, mm-hmm. saw the way Mike Tomlin walked around, talked to his players, looked at his players, just kept his his finger on the pulse of that team. It's not that he's a bad coach. There are maybe other shortcomings. And part of that might be his loyalty to the Steelers way, which I don't think is just a Mike Tomlin issue. That's all that goes above his pay, his, his pay, pay grade too. That goes up to art Rooney the second that even goes to Omar Khan, which I know that he's, you know, just now really in his first real full season as the Steelers GM. I know it's a second year technically, but you know, going through the entire process of entire off season, really having your hand, you know, shape the entire team going into a season. This is really Omar's first run at it. <clears throat> I mean, that is stuff that goes beyond Tomlin as well. I mean, how how much does Mike Tomlin really have a say in whether Matt Canada stays? You know, yep. I, I would like to think that Mike Tomlin is the ultimate decider in no matter what. If if Tomlin wants Canada gone, he's gone. Or if he wants Canada to stay, he stays. But I really, really, very strongly feel that Art Rooney II has a say there as well. Absolutely. Now, a few things I want to address, okay? Justin says, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and the Steelers haven't done anything it's, lately. I mean, it's true. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not, nobody's arguing with you on that one. Nobody's arguing 
that I'm sorry, I'm not trying to like, I'll get off my soapbox, but nobody's trying to argue with that. Tomlin's past 10 years, decade, even you know, decade plus has not been up to par. It just hasn't with the talent he's had. They should have won a Super Bowl in that, in that time, time frame. They They underachieved. They underachieved. It doesn't mean that they've been a bad team. It doesn't mean that they, but how much have they underachieved by? I, that's also to be fair because remember during that time they're also still playing against Tom Brady and the Patriots when Tom Brady was still Tom Brady and the Patriots were still the Patriots. And then the and then the Chiefs drafted some kid named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it, it's not like it's been passed. an easy road to the Super Bowl for for the Steelers for the during Mike Tomlin's tenure. It just hasn't. It never is. It, it, quite frankly, it never is. Okay, I can't speak for on the on that road to the Super Bowl, but. And, the the year that they won the Super Bowl, that was the year that Tom Brady missed because of his ACL injury. Do they win the Super Bowl that year if Tom Brady doesn't get hurt? By the way, you could look at the other side of the coin too, okay? And I put it in my story today, which you can now read on DKPittsburghSports.com. Look at 2004. Tommy Maddox starts the season, gets hurt week two, and then the Steelers win, what, 15 games in a row to close the regular season? Yeah, I'm a 15-1. And then they lose to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. They cheated. So, okay. So, <laughs> I will. E- point, I will echo Ben and Jerome on that one. Besides the point, um, look, we could talk about Matt Canada too. Brent asks, "Do you think Canada should change up and be on the sideline to get a better feel what's going on uh, down there with the players?" I don't know. I, I mean, don't know what difference that makes. Um, I mean, if anything, at least from up in the Especially booth, he can him. see he can see the all twenty-two. So. You yeah. can't see it as easily from, from down the sideline. Yeah, you get all the shots and everything, but you're seeing everything in real time. I don't uh, know. This point from Jay Quest, okay, the Andy Reid comparison. There's some v- validity to that, okay? Yeah. Andy Reid with the Eagles, he's a legend in the franchise's history. No doubt about it. Did wonderful things for the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. There was a time where, yes, Andy Reid had to go. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid had to move on. There's the appreciation for what he did, and it's also – Please leave. This is enough. There's going to be a time with that for Mike Tomlin. That's just how this is going to end. I don't know when it's going to be, but that's how this is going to work with Mike Tomlin. Um, there was a really good one I did want to bring up. Uh, Trevor says, Tomlin did mention how often the offense has yeah. been brought up. It sounded annoyed by saying so. Do you think he's frustrated with Canada and the offense's shortcomings? I don't know if it's necessarily that it's uh, Canada. I think he's frustrated with us having to ask the same damn question every week because the Steelers offense has given us the same damn result every week, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, listen, and we we were kind of talking about this, that we wanted to hit on this today too. It's come, it's becoming increasingly clear that Tomlin's uh, patience for press conferences is starting to get, uh, it's starting to run out. Uh, I mean, even if you were to go back, uh, a couple of seasons. I mean, all the way back to the "we do not care" answer um, during the the Zoom uh, portion of uh, media covering sports. But uh, I mean, not saying that Tomlin's like always. I mean, Tomlin's always been a maestro behind the behind the podium. He just always has been. But it yeah. really is starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, he's starting to get annoyed. And honestly, it, I mean, if I were in his shoes and I'm having to answer the same questions over and over again, I might be getting annoyed too, but those questions are coming because the team is not performing. Those questions and they're not are not changing. Yeah. And they're not changing. Yeah. The, the questions it's... don't change because the answers don't change. Right. Yeah. Look, 
I went I went to the press conference today. Yep. You know how many questions I asked? <laughs> you know why? Quite honestly, I, and I'm, I'm dead serious. I could have thought of something creative, informative. I could have thought of something to ask. But the big picture of this Pittsburgh Steelers team has not changed since week one. Nothing has changed since week one. They're three and two. They just beat the Ravens. We could be happy about that. We can move on with that. But the offensive coordinator is still employed, and that's been the biggest issue since last season, and they didn't address it in the offseason. The rookies aren't playing, which they should have done from the beginning. The only reason why Keanu Benton's playing, quite frankly, is because DeMarvin Leal and Cam Hayward were down. And who's to say that once Cam's back, Keanu Benton's role does not change? I don't know. But the reasons why the questions aren't changing is, yeah, Rick says it really didn't behoove you to ask any questions. It really didn't. It really didn't because the answers aren't changing. And if yeah. we said it at the top of the show today, it was 22 minutes of nothing that Mike Tomlin said today. It was the big Jordan shoulder shrug. It was the, eh, we'll see. Maybe it might get better. I don't know. We'll see. You'll have to watch on Sunday. Buy a ticket. Look it, at my the behooves. The behooves are coming through. Look at my uh, behooves. Big time. But that's the point of this, Chris, is things clearly need to change long-term for the Steelers for this season. I'm not going into 24 or 25 or any of those other seasons yet. They're three and two, which is a great spot to beat. They just beat the Ravens and they beat the Browns or two and zero in the division, which is an amazing spot to be in. However, it's about sustainability. It's about long-term. It's about what are the Steelers going to do now to benefit them in week 10 through 17? Because believe it or not, Chris, this might shock you. You can do that in this NFL. Yeah. No, you can. Um, uh, Juan asks uh, here, are Tuesdays off days for players? In terms of practice, yes. In terms of film and team meetings, no. Uh, it is not. Uh, no, they, they 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 meet, they they go over their film, uh, you know, and, and you know, Monday, that's what Monday and Tuesday is for. Monday and Tuesday is for review and then for also looking forward to the next the next game. Uh, and especially this week, you know, coming off of a bye week, they've had more time to prepare for uh, not only review every not not just what they did in the previous game, but in the first five games of the season, make changes that need to be made, and, and that really is what I ultimately want to say here is that listen, yes, it's been you know lather, rinse, repeat for five weeks to start the season. It's been the same issues every single game, but. Just as we saw this team do last year at the bye week, they made changes, and those changes were tangible immediately. And they looked like a different team in that very first game after the bye week. Completely different team. I actually pulled a, um, uh, I, I made the the the, the gifts for uh, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I. I like uh, I, I made the little gif or videos thing for for Matt Williamson's war room piece, and one of them was from that that game against the Saints last year. And the little graphic at the bottom at one point had the Steelers with 175 rushing yards, and I'm just like, I, it blew my mind for a second because I'm like, man, I almost forgot what it's like for the Steelers to rack up that many rushing yards. But yeah, listen, they 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 did it. They figured out a way to do it, and they did it. I want to see what this team does coming off coming out of the bye. And I'm not just talking about just the first game. Yeah, they better play really well. Even if it's a loss, if they play really, really well, if they lose by two, but they 
if this is the first game Matt Canada gets over 400 yards and, and, and uh, you know, the offense gets 400 yards under Matt Canada or something like that, it's not like the worst loss in the world. But if, if they come out and they're flat, they're still terrible, it's all the same crap, and then it is the next week too, then it's like, what did you do during the bye? Like now there's no time to, to try to fix stuff. This was your opportunity to fix it. It needs to be fixed. Matthew says it's all about accountability to Corey. I, I stress that huge in my writing, I think. And quite honestly, I cover college and pro athletics, and I'm starting to bleed almost like the, the pro stuff into the college stuff because these college kids are getting paid now, the NIL stuff and everything. So it would behoove me to say it's the word of the day, man. Um, I don't feel sorry for underachieving. I don't. I don't feel sorry for lack of production or anything. These guys are getting paid millions upon millions of dollars, a lifestyle that I would crave to do this, to play a game, to play a sport, to play sports. And if these guys underperform, I have no problem saying these guys are not performing well. I mean, that's just the brass task, the, the brass tax, excuse me. And Right now, if the Steelers are underachieving, which they are in some respects, they're three and two, but you can argue they're closer to maybe a, a two and three team or a one and four team, then I'm going to call it out. I have no problem doing that. And look, the reason, again, I might be, you know, contradicting myself a bit by saying this. The reason why, again, why I didn't ask Mike Tomlin a question today is because the answers haven't changed. You know, I'm Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He's Hulk Hogan in this situation. You know, I, I'm not changing, you know, just what he thought. Uh, you had the answers. I changed the questions. That's Roddy Roddy Piper. Mm -hmm. You know, let me tell you something, brother. That's Mike Tomlin right there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. You keep that up, you're going to end up having to do a whole show as uh, as Hulk Hogan. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the throat for that, man. I'll be I'll be nobody has the throat for, not even Hulk Hogan has the throat for that, dude. For the pro wrestling fans out there, you're welcome. Uh, those will be references that I will make. And if you get them, great. If not, you might want to Google some Rowdy Roddy Piper promos. They're tremendous. What's she going to do when Corey does his WWE references? Runs amok on you. All right, let's talk briefly, Chris, before we end today's show about the Rams. And from Mike Tomlin's point of view, obviously priority number one is Aaron Donald when it comes to the Rams defense. But the Rams offense, Mike Tomlin used a really interesting analogy about stars and how Cooper Cup is a star, how Puka Nakua is an emerging star, how Matt Stafford is just rock steady at quarterback. And he equated it to the T.J. Watt treatment. Cooper Cup gets the T.J. Watt treatment, the star treatment. I think an underrated thing about oh, Austin. Austin, AEW, come on. Let's Justin, appreciate it, Justin, thank you for the five gifted subs. We greatly appreciate that. If you got a gifted sub from Justin, uh, make sure you shout him out in the chat. Leave a like uh, and and appreciate it, man. Please uh, give him a shout out. Austin. Even for even for AEW fans. Oh my! Goodness. Even for AEW. No, okay. My just my my quick little take on on the whole wrestling thing. Like, listen, <laughs> WWE and AEW. There is a universe where they can coexist. Let's just try to do that, okay? WWE That's has fine. their WWE has their brand. AEW has their brand. It's two different styles of wrestling. Let's just leave it that way. Tony Khan doesn't think so. Um, and by the way, the Jaguars oh, do play the Steelers coming up. So uh, <laughs> let the Steelers be WWE and Triple H, and we'll see what happens. Um, the Rams, Chris, real quick before we yeah. sign out today on a Tuesday. And, and uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, it will be a low-quality Corey day. Uh, live from the south side at 3 o'clock. 
Uh, the the Steelers will be back in practice. We'll have an injury report. Back to regular, uh, regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Justin says, yeah, "Don't you don't get like- Don't hit the like. He'll send TJ. If you don't want that." Yeah, don't don't uh, don't let Justin don't get that. after you. But uh, no, I actually, so I've got uh, my my next opponent preview uh, coming out. Um, actually, like in the next few hours, um, as soon as I get back from picking my kids up from school, I, I'll I'll be finishing it up and uh, it'll be out uh, for a deep dive into the Rams. Um, just from like really really going through the film and going through the numbers and everything like that, like this has been a really impressive team. It really has. Uh, it, it, Sunday won't be easy. Um, it, I mean, maybe like the initial look at the schedule before the season. I know at one point for me, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I, know, no. I know, I know at one point for me, I, I looked at the Rams game and I was like, man, that's, that's probably I'd not say easy W because there's no easy wins in the NFL, but that should be a win. Now I'm not so sure that they're a really well coached football team. Matthew Stafford is still dudes on the island by himself robert thanks for becoming a member dude appreciate two months two months robert thank you so much appreciate it man uh matthew stafford is on an island all by himself in terms of uh making big time throws versus managing risk and and protecting the football uh there's literally nobody else in the nfl right now who is as good as he is at that uh and against the steelers defense that is not good at stopping the big play through the air that's not a good recipe so I'm getting I'm getting Bam Bam Bigelow shout outs. Hey, uh, and you, Ryan, you, brought, you brought wrestling into the conversation. I'm so. always down to talk pro wrestling. And Ryan wants me to do uh, the show as Macho Man, just as you're doing a show. Well, as, uh, I, OK, my, my best friend, dude, Cody my Ramo. best friend, guy was the best man at my wedding, does a phenomenal Macho Man, Randy Savage impression. Phenomenal, like <sighs> almost like. Like scary good, like, well, on Sunday, when it comes to the Steelers versus the Rams, the cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. The macho man. Let's sign out on that note. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. Low res. Chris will be back full We res. do get paid to talk football and not do impressions. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> done with whatever. End of show antics are always great. End of show banter, end of show antics. It happens everywhere. It happens Corey everywhere. Needs, that's it. That's the comment of the day right there. Uh, Darren says Corey needs the Bam Bam Bigelow head tattoo. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Maybe I'll get a temporary and just like rock it for a little bit. I'd have to cut my hair a certain way too. You know what my family and I are going to be for Halloween? Uh, the four horsemen. No, no, it's not wrestling, wrestling related. <laughs> uh, so my daughter, as funny as this is, wants to be Mario. So oh, Mario. okay. Stella, she, thanks for the $10 she, contribution. She, dude, Stella, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, yeah, my daughter wants to be Mario. Mario is her favorite thing in the world right now. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to stop you from being Mario. I mean, a mustache on a girl is pretty funny, but, you know, five-year-old girl is pretty funny. But uh, then my son's going to be supersonic. Uh, we're going to be Nintendo characters. My wife is going to be Princess Peach, and I'm going to be Bowser. He's going to be supersonic, like gold Sonic mm-hmm. or blue. So- okay, super gold, gold Sonic. Sonic. He already got the. He already got it. So okay, that's nice. That's a nice yeah. little, uh, nice little, little thing. Little Nintendo themed. Uh, Big boss man. I'm a Paul Heyman guy, Darren. If I was, if I was a pro wrestler, I'd want to be a Paul Heyman guy, all the way through, all the way through. I love this stuff. What about right. a backwards hat kind of guy? I'm a let's sign out kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> DK and Ramon in about 30 minutes. If you're live here on YouTube for the remote foster show, I'm sure they will have a lot to talk about. Joe gives a Ric Flair. Woo.
He's Chris. I'm Corey. Did you hear the voice crack there? He's Chris. I did. I'm Corey. I'm not doing a <laughs> – do you mean Phil Collinsworth? Phil Sims or Chris Collinsworth? I don't know who you're talking about there, B&M. But, uh, or Phil Collins. Or Phil Collins. But here's a guy <laughs> – Here's a guy who's going to sign out. He's Chris. Now here's a guy. We'll be back tomorrow. Cheers, everybody.